Good evening, church. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys tonight. Um, thank you, Pastor Allen, Blaine, Bryce, and every single other pastor in this congregation, all the leadership of ACC, and all of you, this beautiful congregation we have here. I'm honored by this opportunity uh, to stand here today and address you guys what the Lord had impressed in my heart. I am overwhelmed by your trust. I am blessed by it. I am deeply humbled by as well. It is a great responsibility, and I will never take that responsibility for granted. For granted. Um, I'm still getting to know, um, and I'm more shaking than normally. <laughs> when I would uh, come up here to share uh, what the God, Lord had entrusted to me. Okay, so my name, as uh, Bryce said, it's Rogério Torres in my language, but I go by Roger to make everybody's life easy. Okay, uh, <laughs> I am married to Soraya, um, and we have three beautiful children, Gabriela, Isabella, and Benjamin. Uh, unfortunately, they are not here tonight um, to share this moment with me. They are in Kentucky where our oldest daughter, uh, Gabby, is having a baby shower for our, uh, the addition to the family that is coming this December, Emma. Uh, Emma will join uh, Noah, and, and we say that Noah is uh, a, really a miracle from God, little Noah. Uh, I am also, as he pointed out, the interim executive director at Kayak, and he could mess the name even more than normally I do. I cannot even pronounce this word correctly, Christian Immigration Advocacy Center. <laughs> So uh, thank you for, for the introduction. Uh, um, I, I will not speak in tongues here tonight, okay? I will try to speak English, but if you don't understand, please ask the Holy Spirit to translate that to you, okay? So uh, after this uh, introduction, can we go to the text for tonight? Uh, the Lord put in my heart to share uh, Matthew 28, from verses 18 until 20, only three verses. And, and if you have your Bible, please uh, feel free to read with me or to follow uh, along. Um, may the Spirit guide you in what you need to do. It says, it goes like this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I will be with you always to the end of age. So Lord, as we come tonight here and we open your word, please speak to us. Forbid that I speak words on my own, but use me as you had called me to be an instrument to share your message, your will, because that's what matters, 
And that's what I am seeking here tonight. Please fill this place with your holy presence. Your Holy Spirit is welcome here to speak in everyone's hearts what I can't. So move as you want to move and say what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We call this passage the Great Commission, right? Jesus spoke. It wasn't Pastor Allen or Pastor Rock or me. For sure, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Jesus himself. And it was just after his resurrection. Verse 18 says that after he had received all power, all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him, he gave this command to all believers. And he said, we must go. And as we go, we must preach the gospel. We must share the good news. If I'm not mistaken, the verb here is in the imperative, right? It's an order, right? So there are no excuses, no exclusions, no excuses here. But let me break this uh, uh, down for us. We are commanded to go, but we, are, we do not go along. Because th remember that there is a ter therefore there. And the therefore is pointing to the previous verse where he says, I have all authority. It was given to me. So because of that, now I'm sending you. Go. And if that was not enough, he said a promise. He attached a promise to that as well. An unbelievable promise. I am with you always to the end of the age. And here it's present tense. Right? It is a promise for now and for every other moment in the life of the believer. No matter the circumstances. That's our call. And if we obey, it comes with this amazing promise. Just don't forget the blessings come after obedience. Today, I want to share my story. Bryce already introduced some. Okay, but I want you to understand why I am here. And I want you to see God's faithfulness. Thank you, Emmy, because uh, that last song couldn't be more proper. I want you to understand God's faithfulness in my journey. And I want you to hang on to the promise that Jesus had made. Without a doubt that he is always faithful. And will always be faithful in your journey as well. Amen. So if here in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, uh, we have our general call. There are other texts such as Romans 12 that we had just been through, right? 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, uh, where Paul tells us that even though we are a, a diverse church, a bigger church, one church, one body, there are some people that are called for specific roles. The same way that uh, there is diversity, uh, a piece of that diversity is standing up here 
in front of you, speaking to you, right? We are very diverse, and I love to see the picture of this church here, okay? Um, we also have a diversity of gifts and roles, all given for the edification, for the building up of God's church. And I say that because I want to share with you my call to ministry. It is by God's sovereign grace that I am here tonight. It was a Sunday afternoon on a river in my hometown. I went for a swimming with some friends, but suddenly something happened. I couldn't breathe. And likewise, couldn't keep swimming, right? While I was being carried out by the current, my life was passing by in my mind like a movie. And as I looked at that, I did not like what I saw. I was divided and trying to please everybody. But God spoke to me that day. And it was so clear, like he was beside me. He said, Roger, I want to use you as an instrument for my glory. Amen. If you accept it, you will leave. <laughs> if you reject it, you will die. I asked for forgiveness and accepted the call. Not because I want to leave. I would be glad and I will get there to die that day. But meanwhile, that current was pushing me away. It was very strong, and I was in the middle of the river. At the same time, my strength was fading. I am, for Brazil, I am a big guy. Here, I am less than the average, but there I am a big guy. But I was fading. Suddenly, everything became so silent. My eyes would not open no more. And the last action I could do was just to raise my arms. And in my mind, I said, well, that's the last time. I'm going to sink now, and that's it. Because, you know, rivers normally do not have very clear waters, right? So if I go down, nobody will be able to find me until it was too late. But I need to tell you this. After the decision I made... I felt a peace like I had never felt ever. And I said that I would be happy to die that day because I was certain that even if I died that day, I would be with the Lord. But by now, my head was underwater, my arms following it. And at the last second, someone grabbed my wrist. They dragged me out, rushed me to the hospital where I stayed for three days in the ICU. It took me more than 30 days to recover, fully recover. But the peace that I felt never departed me. Wow, right? I knew that the Lord was with me. That's what gave me peace. Amen. A promise that he made to all our forefathers, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua. And Jesus here 
made this promise to all of us. For that day on, there was no more confusion in my mind, no more division. I was obeying the Lord and doing his work. I was on fire. We just spoke about it. (laughs) I was on fire for the Lord. I got involved with the church planting in my hometown. Uh, At the age 19, I found myself as the interim pastor for that church. At this time, it was when I met my wife. The pastor who came to assume the church is today my father-in-law, her father. (laughs) As our relationship developed, I proposed, she accepted, everything good. Uh, However, she said something to me that would kept me away for a long time from my ministry. She said to me, I do not want to be a pastor's wife. What to do now? I was certain she was the one God had prepared for me. So I married her a long time ago. 1992, if you are curious. As time passed by, we moved up north, close to the Amazon forest, came back to Sao Paulo a few years later, and without noticing, I was getting, you know, further and further from God's purpose for my life. To the point that I, I almost lost everything, my wife, my family, and my faith. There was a pastor and, and his wife, Mike and Ruth Davis, they were from Pennsylvania here. They were missionaries in Brazil from the CNMA. Uh, they were instruments used by God to bring me back. They invested time on me. He invited me so many times to go to this uh, weekend called Encounter with God. When I finally accepted, I was reluctant. I did not want to go. But I say, yeah, they insisted so much, I'll go. And you know what happened? That day I did encounter God. Amen. Again. They helped me rebuild my faith, my trust, my relationships, and break all the curses in my life. I didn't realize that what I used to do was not aligned with my faith. I said, I'm a follower of Jesus, and doing what I was doing, and after much prayer and and fasting, we decided that we need a fresh start. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If you one is in Christ, he is new creation, right? The old has gone, the new has come. So that's why we came to U.S. We were looking for a new life, uh, a life to be lived completely in dependence of the Lord. And I can tell you that he made sure I understood that. Because he broke me down until there was nothing left that I could do on my own. And then he started rebuilding from scratch. Amen. We used to say that every day was a miracle, and it was. But I was convinced that in this new life here, I would become a lawyer here. I was a lawyer back home, and it would make sense to become one here too, right? No. The Lord had a different plan. 
I, I say that he has a sense of humor. Okay? So, after two months in U.S., I had to return to Brazil and take my oldest daughter with me. I need to collect some funds, and she needs a new I-94. So we went, we stayed there for a week, I resolved everything that I need to do. But when we came back to U.S., a CBP officer stopped me on the highway of the airport and started asking some questions. I answered all the questions, and she said to me that I was lying. She didn't believe me. She took us to uh, the office, the immigration office at the Atlanta airport, and another officer came, now higher than her rank, and he started asking me the same questions, and I gave the same answers. And he said he didn't believe me as well, that I was lying. Uh, he called my sister-in-law, the place where uh, we were staying, and I could hear the questions that he uh, made over the phone, but I couldn't hear the answers. When he hung up the phone, he looked into my eyes, and he said to me, I told you were a liar. Your sister-in-law just confirmed you are here to work, and my decision is made. You will be sent back to your country in the next flight. Sit and wait. My daughter was only 10. She was crying. What are we going to do? Well, that's not punishment. Be sent back to our country is punishment? But mama is here. Mama can take the next flight and join us there. No problem. But we believe God has a purpose for us here, don't we? Yes. God, daddy can do nothing. But God can. Can he? Amen. Yes. So together we prayed. Say, Lord, if you have a plan for us here, now is a good time for you to show off. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be sent back. We wait for about two hours. And then the same officer called me again. And he said this, I do not know why, but I have changed my mind. And I'm giving you 30 days to stay in my country, not a single day more. If you stay one more day in my country, you will never be able to come back here again. Wow. The translator that I requested told me that she had never seen these officers changing their minds before. And you know what I told her? But listen, I serve a God that has more authority than all these officers all together. And he always has this last word. As he promised, he went ahead of us and opened the way for his plan to be unfolded. My plan was to be a lawyer. And I choose University of Lovo, a place to go. They changed our visa. I attended two semesters of uh, ESL program there. And I was ready to go to law school. I was taking the admission test. And the Lord spoke with me again. During the test, can you imagine the scene? <laughs> Crying. Desperately, 
People would say, this guy knows anything. What is he doing here, right? No, it was the Lord speaking with me and reminding me of the promise I had made to, to him and also telling me that law school was my desire, not his plan. But I told the Lord, for Lord, you know my heart. You know I want to obey you. But listen, you gave me a wife that does not want to be a pastor's wife. How can I do that? So I prayed, if you change my wife's heart, I will obey you. Couldn't finish the exam. There was no point anymore, right? So I drove back home. Two hours driving. I didn't speak with her. Um, didn't say a word. And before I even got out of the car, she came in running toward me. And she said these words, if the Lord wants you to be a pastor, I accept. But now I have a bit of a problem, right? No more excuses, right? So next week I went back to Lovo. But instead of going to law school and registering for, I went to seminary to get a theology education. At the seminary, I was told by the advisor that I need to prove that my English was enough. I need to take the TOEFL, the, the, the English proficiency test. And I need to get 92 points out of 120. So I did. I, it took me four weeks to uh, find a seat to take the test. And the results will come only after four weeks of the test. I had finished UofL, so I had only 60 days to do that. Immigration law. We can discuss this later if you want to know details. So I had only 60 days. The answer, the results came on the Friday prior to the last week. I came home. We opened the letter. And you know how much I got it? No. I got 91 yeah, that was our reaction. We start crying. Our desire was not to do anything wrong, so we thought that's going to be our last week in America. I went back to Lovu next week and went to the seminary, present the letter to the advisor. And even before I said anything, he looked into the letter and he said, Roger, apply and I started arguing with him for Mike. I got 91. The request is 92. We are in America, huh? <laughs> and he said second time, Roger, apply. But Mike, he had to tell me third time, Roger, you must apply. And I, I thought, okay, three times is enough. Too many warnings in the Bible. Three times is enough. So I did apply. Two days later, I received a call from, your, from seminary. They had accepted me as a student. And you know what happened? Later on, they dropped the 92 to 84 because they realized it was too high. <laughs> we had to move to Lovo. Is how they pronounce, okay? Lovo. 
a requirement for married couples. And we need to join a local church. The seminary I went was a Baptist. So if I join a Baptist church, SBC would pay 50% of my tuition. But they had three CNMA churches in town. And uh, what a dilemma, right? We were CNMA back home. We went to visit one. We started praying. We were praying, and the Lord gave us peace to join that church, First Alliance Church. But I, I, I had to have a, another conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, listen, I don't understand. As an F1 student, I can only work part-time on campus. So my possibilities of making any money is very few. And 50% is a lot, right? I don't understand, but I trust you. If First Alliance Church is where you want to meet you, serve, there, that place is where we will be. The Lord gave us peace. We joined the church. We start, you know, serving. And you know what happened? That was May that year. In July, before the end of July, the pastor called me to come to his office. Pastor Ken. And he told me that the board had noticed our service and love and devotion to the church. And that the church had decided to offer the same scholarship SBC would give me. Amen. And so, so you know, I never requested anything. I spoke with God. I talked with him. Because one agreement I made with the Lord, for Lord... I want to take care of your work, your business, but you have to take care of my family. And he was always showing up. I, regist I registered for a couple of summer classes. I was eager to start. Uh, and, and, you know, the first class I registered for were hermeneutics. I never noticed I had done anything wrong until I received the syllabus for the class, all in Spanish. And I said, what's happening? I am in America, English, Spanish. I had registered for hermeneutica, not for hermeneutics. Hermeneutica is Spanish. It's the same thing, but it's in Spanish. But I did not speak any Spanish back then. I went to the class, and my thought was, I'm going to drop off. But I went to the class. There was no time to, before that. Um, on the first break, I went to talk with the professor. I approached him and announced to him I was dropping the class. He convinced me to take it. He was very gracious and allowed me to write my papers in English. And by the way, I passed the class. You know, I thought it was a mistake that I had made. But you know what? It was the Lord preparing the way one more time. Amen. 
Little did I know that later in the future, I would need Spanish for my assignment, for the placement that he would put me. And I served uh, at Comunidad Alianza Nueva Vida five years as their pastor. In 2009, First Alliance Church invited me to become a part-time youth pastor with them. My first paid job in America, more than three years after I had arrived. The little money that I went to collect on that trip was still holding on until the Lord was able to provide in a different way. FAC sponsored a visa change for me. At the end of 2011, it was granted a religious visa, and I started working full-time now with First Alliance Church as an assistant pastor. I graduated the following year, December 2012, and you know how much did I own to the seminary? Nothing. Not a single dollar. In 2013, I was at the CNMA General Council in Tampa, Florida, where I heard for the first time about using immigration law as a tool to reach immigrants for the Lord. My prayer that day was, Lord, are you saying that I can use what I like to do what you want? And he answered, yes, that's it. Wow. I did what I had to do, got my certification in 2016. Remember <coughs> that I wanted to be a lawyer? Well, 10 years after I started obeying him, I am a kind of lawyer. I just can't call me a lawyer or charge like what for them. <laughs> but I am able to do everything an immigration lawyer does. Isn't that amazing? That's my job here at Kayak. But how did I end up here? Kayak offered me a job back in 2019. I was unemployed at the time, and it seemed like a no-brainer decision, right? However, at the same time, Gabby, our oldest daughter, was uh, pregnant, and the doctors had found that little Noah had four major problems in his little heart. The ventricles were uh, inverted, aortas inverted, there was a big hole in the septum, and two valves were not working properly. So his heart was all messed up. He couldn't control anything. The prognosis was really bad. So we were praying for him and now praying for us. And we were convicted that our mission in Lexington was not the church that I was a pastor that they had let me go. The purpose that we moved there was to minister and assist our daughter and grandson during this difficult season until he had surgery and fully recovered from it. So I had to decline kayak's offer because I had to relocate here, and we didn't know one of that. And for a whole year more, I had no secure income. Against all prognosis, Noah was born full term, 
no other problem aside from his little heart. He was so healthy that the doctors kept postponing the surgery for, from two months to four, four to six, six to eight. When he was almost nine months, they did the surgery. It was April 2020, one month after all the craziness of COVID had started, and it was a very hard time. But the doctors were able to correct all four problems in little Noah's heart. And after 30 days, he was amazingly fully recovered. And I spoke with my wife and said, well, that was our commitment, right? Now, then we are released from that and we can accept a new one. Next month, I have a need called Ryan here at Kayak. In our conversation, he told me that because of COVID, uh, the practice had moved entirely virtual now. And he realized it was not only possible, but he liked very much. I brought to his memory a previous conversation uh, about a possibility of working remotely to take Kayak's overflow. Then he told me, I, I will talk with my team and I will get back to you. We finished the conversation. I went to talk with my wife and said, just have a, a conversation with Ryan. And you know what? I think he's gonna call me to work with Kayak. We prayed and said, what, what we'll do? We prayed and the Lord gave us peace to say yes. Two days later, he called me and offered a part-time position as a contractor to work remotely. And I said, yes. But. February this year, he left Kayak. And in April 2021, I was asked to move to Pittsburgh as a full-time employee with Kayak. Now I am free to come. And that's why I'm here. So how to connect my journey with the text today? Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus commanded every believer to go and make disciples, right? Making disciples, uh, mission, it's in the DNA of the CNMA, right? We are called to serve and serve we must. Who? Everyone. I shared my story today and some of the amazing things God has done for us. Not for you to think that I am special. To the contrary. I need more grace than many. It took me 15 years after he called me to start obeying him. That's not being special. I'm not special at all. I am as ordinary as one can be. The one who was special is God. Amen. What was special is his constant care and provision for us. What was special is the assurance that God is not far or indifferent. God is always present and close. The A.M., Jehovah, the God of the Old and New Testament, is still the same, and he always fulfills his promise. We saw greatest thy faithfulness, right? He called me to serve at Kayak, ministering to immigrants among us. All the experiences I shared were God preparing me for what he placed me here for. 
I needed them, and I used all of them every day at my work. Nothing was a coincidence. They were all God's providence. So my goal today is to encourage you to obey God's call in your life. And you may say, what call? Oh, he called each one of us and wants to use you. The community hub is being built. Amen. And ACNC will need each one of you to fulfill the goal of having it. The purpose of having it. Amen. If you are not sure what you are called to serve, ask God. And he will tell you, he will show you. Perhaps your call is to help immigrants like us. And if that's the case, okay, we need all the support we can get. We are starting to build a network of individual financial supporters. We need volunteers and interns. And we would be thrilled to have you alongside with us. Just ask us how. I am finishing my message. So what I want to tell to you tonight is, if you hear God's voice today, do not be afraid. Listen to it. Obey it. And amazing things will start happening in your lives too. Obey the Lord and blessings will flow in your life. I cannot guarantee that the journey will be easy. It probably won't. But what I can guarantee to you is our Savior, Jesus Christ, will be with you always. Amen. May the Lord bless us all. Lord, I want to thank you. And I want to bless your name. Please keep speaking to each one here tonight. What do you need them to know? For the enhancement of your kingdom, for the build up of your church. I ask in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. I'm calling an audible. So, Rogerio, stay right here. I just want to, I want us to pray for Rogerio and for Kayak. Um, this is an incredible ministry that so much of it is done behind the scenes here. But I, I just want to say thank you. Your, your testimony and the way God has been faithful in your life for what you're doing here in our community. Um, I just as pastor here want you to know and say this public, we love you. We support you and all of the staff at Kayak. And would you just extend your hand? Um, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for, <laughs> for the faithfulness you have shown in uh, Rogerio's life. For the divine appointment that he is here, him and his wife. And Lord, for the Kayak staff. Uh, <laughs> I just pray that, Lord, we lift them up to you for the incredible work that they are doing, the relationship. They are not just 
helping people become citizens of the United States. Lord, they are helping people become citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So, Lord, I pray that your favor would be upon them. Lord, I pray that you would bring in the financial support that they need. Lord, the volunteers, the, the help that they need. I pray for divine appointments in this community. Yes. Lord, that Kayak and, and their partnership with ACAC, that this would be a place known where those who need help will come and receive it. But Lord, those who need you would receive that as well. Yes, Lord. Do it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.